This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. When Jesus came upon the scene back 2,000 years ago, the world was a very tough place. In fact, it was a very, very tough place as Rome ruled the world with an iron fist. The Bible gives us indication that before the second coming of Christ, Rome will again rule the world with an iron fist, and it seems that we're seeing the resurrection of that great Roman Empire again through the Western world. But here's the problem. If Jesus was needed at that time, is he not more so needed today? And if Jesus had to be governed by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit at that time, would we not need him the more so today? And then when Jesus ascended back to the Father after his crucifixion, and the disciples were ordered by Jesus to tarry in Jerusalem until they received authority and power from above, would you and I not necessarily, in this day and hour, need that even the more so So today on Viewpoint, we're going to be talking about this matter of the Holy Spirit and how desperately we need the Holy Spirit today. So I hope you'll stay tuned, friends. It's conversation as always with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms, and we are in desperate times. Desperate times call for decisive decisions, call for complete dependency upon the Holy Spirit. So, today on Viewpoint, we're joined with uh, Pastor Benny Tate uh, from Georgia. And, uh, Benny, I hope I said that appropriately for Georgia. Uh, In in any event, uh, he's joining us today with his brand new book, Unlimited. Unlimited. And he's talking about the role, the purpose, the power of the Holy Spirit for us today. The Holy Spirit was not just given for them yesterday. He was given for us today. And today is the rest of your life. From today on is the rest of your life. And I trust that our conversation here today will be life-changing for you. So, Benny, it's good to have you on the program, my friend. Chuck, it's, it's a joy to be with you. We're just delighted. We've been looking forward to this for some time, my friend. Well, you have, because your book has been in the process of, uh, uh, in the, what should we say, the machinations of publication, and is just now being released. What uh, intense timing this is, perfect timing, must be the Holy Spirit's timing. What say you? I, I totally believe that. Actually, actually, God did a work in my life through the Holy Spirit in 2016, so I have been working on this book. Uh, since 2016. Well, it's about time he got to work on you. You've been pastoring for 40 years. What's the deal, well, man? Well, I tell you, I'll tell you what, I was probably like a lot of pastors, uh, Brother Chuck. I think we placed the emphasis on God. We placed a great emphasis on Jesus. But I think many times we've neglected the teaching, the teaching of the Holy Spirit, because I am convinced that most people in Christendom really do not understand the Holy Spirit. Well, it seems to me that that's true for a lot of pastors. Uh, I grew up in a pastor's home. My father was a pastor for 50 years. 
uh, traditional evangelical Bible-believing. He said, I believe the Bible from cover to cover and from the cover too. And then when he got to Pentecost Sunday, uh, he would preach from Acts chapter 2, and here's what would happen every every year. And they all received the Holy Spirit and began. That's where he stopped and began. Began to do what? Well, he couldn't quite bring himself to talk about what the Bible says they began to do. And uh, so I think that's part of the problem that we have had for so many years. Uh, We want to begin, but we don't want to begin the way the Bible says to begin. We need the full empowering of the Holy Spirit, and he alone has the unlimited power uh, for direction in our lives that we desperately need right now in this desperate hour, don't you think? Without a doubt. You know, Oswald Chambers said, he said, the Holy Spirit in, in Christianity is the first power we come to encounter. But he said, it's the last power that we come to understand. Wow. You, uh, in, in our discussion, you, you mentioned Abraham Lincoln, and Abraham Lincoln said this. He said, I have been driven to my knees by an overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. My wisdom and all about me seemed insufficient in the day. And what I'm saying, our wisdom and all the wisdom about us is insufficient in difficult times. We need the Holy Spirit to to fill us and to direct our lives. Well, somebody would say, in fact, uh, I hear it said often, uh, and having grown up in the church and having been involved here with uh, God's people for so many, many years, uh, and having had... about 3,500 national guests on this program over these 28 and a half years, what I hear is, well, uh, I became a Christian, I received the Holy Spirit, and that's it. I'm getting on with my life. I I was given the Holy Spirit, and that's it. Yes, I think think there's a lot of that, and I think people truly don't understand the work of the Holy Spirit. Think about this. Jesus said, it's necessary for you that I go away. Mm-hmm. It's necessary for you that I go away. Whether we like it or not, Chuck, when Jesus was here, if he was in Bethlehem, he could not be five miles away in Jerusalem. He was in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. But that's why he said in John 14 and 12, he said, when I go away, the work I do, you'll do also, and you'll do greater work. Because through the power of the Holy Spirit, he can be everywhere. He can be everywhere. I, 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 he's with you today. He's with me today. I, I, was, I, I was in a service last night and preached, and 60 people came to faith in Jesus Christ. 60 people. Well, this is what I know, Chuck. John 16 and 8 says, and when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin. Mm-hmm. You can't even come to faith in Jesus Christ without the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So the beginning of the Holy Spirit's ministry, then, is to convict us of sin. The problem is, well, here's the problem. We don't like the idea of conviction. In fact, so often now, in this day and age, we turn the tables on God and his Holy Spirit and say, no, that's condemnation. Don't tell me I'm a sinner. I mean, even the builder of the Crystal Cathedral, who was the mentor and discipler of two of the 
most prominent so-called evangelical Christian leaders today said boldly, he said, we shouldn't be telling people that they're sinners. They don't need to be told they're sinners. What they need is more self-esteem. Well, you know, reality, the Bible is very clear when it says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Even pastors. Even pastors. Mm-hmm. And children, yeah. we, we can't understand, listen, we can't understand the good news until we understand the bad news. That's exactly right. I'm so glad that you said that so succinctly. How many times have we said that here on Viewpoint over the past uh, 20 years? Friends, the book, Unlimited, I think it's going to be extremely encouraging and helpful to you for this moment in time. $20 on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. We're confronting the deepest issues of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective here today on Viewpoint as we talk about the necessity of walking in the power and authority of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that we should be filled with the Spirit, but it also says that if we will walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And the flesh always is Well, we're facing the lust of the flesh at every corner of our lives today. Yes, even in the church, and if that were not so, 70% of professing Christian men who say they follow the Lord would not be involved in pornography as they confess. They just wouldn't be. They're not being led by the Holy Spirit. Neither are the 30% of pastors who admit that they're involved in pornography. You see, they're not walking in the Spirit but walking in the flesh. The same is true for the 34% of America's Christian women who admit to seeking pornography. So, in other words, this matter of the Holy Spirit is not just some esoteric kind of free-flowing spiritism out there. It has to do with how we live our lives, how our lives are directed, and as our guest today says in his book, You were never meant to live the Christian life on your own. God gives you the Holy Spirit to help you navigate through life. Now, Benny, we can understand that navigation thing because our cell phones, we connect in with them and we can get clear directions that tell us uh, almost every place to go if we just give the address. So uh, God gives us the address, however, we need the Holy Spirit to give us that guidance and navigation, don't we? Exactly. We definitely need to be led by the Spirit of God. God God leading us is what's vitally important. We used to sing a song. Maybe you've sung it in your congregation. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. With, Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. It's a wonderful song. 
However, oftentimes I wonder when we're really singing that song if we have a clue about what we're really asking for. You're welcome in this place, but what does that mean? For instance, you say in your book, before you begin praying, Lord, fill me, you must first pray, Lord, empty me. So how is the Holy Spirit going to gain sway in my life if I'm full of pride, power, pursuit of perks and position, which is the very thing that crucified Jesus? How are we going to welcome the Holy Spirit when we're full of self? Well, Chuck, if you study God's Word, Ephesians 1 and 1 was written to the church at Ephesus. It was not written to a group of pagan Greeks. It was written to the church at Ephesus. Mm -hmm. It was written to the saints, the Bible says. Yes. But if you go to Ephesians 5.18, it says to the church, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Look, look. He's saying to the church, be filled with the Spirit. There is nothing worse in America than a full church with a bunch of half-full people. We need to to be filled with the Spirit of God. And the thing that you're discussing, when you're you're discussing pornography and, and you're discussing those 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 issues in in, in pastors' lives and in in, in, in men's lives as a whole, but the secret to overcoming that is walking in the spirit. It's not in our own strength; it's in the power of the Holy Spirit. There have no confidence in the flesh. I have no mm-hmm. confidence in Benny Tate's flesh. My confidence is in the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. You uh, quote, uh, (laughs) strangely enough, you quote uh, Babe Ruth in your book. And uh, he was by no means a a believer, as we understand it. However, he said this, and, and, and this really preaches, I think. He said, yesterday's home runs won't win today's games. Now, to me, the application of that is, just because I claim to be born again doesn't mean I'm ready to go forward in life. I've got to have the Holy Spirit empowering me every single day. But how is that going to happen when we don't even have a clue about the real ministry of the Holy Spirit and we're so full of ourselves? Well, I think I think there has to be. I have learned a brokenness. A brokenness in your life on earth mm-hmm. creates the openness from heaven. When a, when, a, when a person can experience brokenness in their life, and you realize, in, in whatever capacity, I cannot do this on my own. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not gifted enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not wise enough. I need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit to to direct me. Have, have you ever thought about Chuck? Uh, you, you, you're, you're a you're a theologian when it comes to the Bible. But have you ever thought about this? In the Old Testament, if you study the Old Testament characters, the Holy Spirit would come upon them for task, mm-hmm. and then, then he would leave. Re- 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 read your Bible. He would come upon them for task, mm-hmm. and then he, would, then he would leave. Now, think about this. Uh, one day I'm going to get to heaven. 
one day you're going to get to heaven. And we're, we're going to see Noah in heaven, and we're going to say to Noah, Noah, what was it like being in that boat for 370 days with all those animals? <laughs> and, and Chuck, Chuck, you're going to see Are you sure you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I think I do. I think I do. But, but Moses, you laid that rod over the Red Sea, and that Red Sea parted. Hey, think about this, Chuck. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in that fiery furnace, and they came out, and their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. Now, you can't even go in the Waffle House when that happened. Now, now, <laughs> now, it's hard now, to even now, walk now, down the street for that not to happen. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, 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 Chuck, but, Chuck, Benny and Chuck maybe walks away from Moses, Shadrach, Meshach. We, we, we walk away from Noah. And what if one of those guys would say, hey, Benny, hey, Chuck, what was it like? And we had to respond and say, what do you mean, what was it like? And they said, well, the Holy Spirit came upon us for task, but he lived inside of you every day. Mm. You had the opportunity for him to guide you. You had yeah. the opportunity for him to direct you. You had the opportunity for him to, sh- to show you what God's Word really means. You had the opportunity for, for the Holy Spirit. What was it really like? I, I'm just saying, Chuck, to our listeners today, what a privilege. What an opportunity. What a, what, what a joy we have to have the Holy Spirit 365 days a year to direct our lives. Well, the question is, the question, uh, Benny, is uh, you say we have the Holy Spirit, but does the Holy Spirit have us? Isn't that the real issue? Well, here's the answer. He can, but, but here's what I would say to our listeners. The Holy Spirit is a person. By the way, I believe he's a perfect gentleman, and we'll, we'll talk more about that. Mm-hmm. But the Holy Spirit is not interested in just being a resident in your life. Mm. He's interested in being president. He's interested in being president. See, somebody said God's on the throne. Well, everybody knows that. That's not the issue. But is God on the throne in our heart? Exactly. Is God on the throne in our heart? Because I'm convinced He's going to be Lord. He, he's going to be Lord of all, or He's not going to be Lord at all. Yeah, that's right. And that's why uh, my wife, for the past several years, has said her favorite song is All to Jesus I Surrender, All to Him I Freely Give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. The problem with the word surrender is it just doesn't go with American life today. It doesn't even go with most people's supposed Christian life. They think they're surrendering when they walk into the church building, but then after that, they're surrendered to the rest of the world and its uh, direction. And uh, you've said in your book that without intentional daily surrender— you will allow aspects of your life to become hidden or off-limits to the Holy Spirit. In other words, he's not welcome there, and isn't that exactly what Jesus was talking about in his letter to the book of La- to the church at Laodicea there in the book of Revelation? He said, look, I'm standing at the door and knocking. He's talking about the church. That wasn't an evangelistic message. That was to the church. He said, I'm standing at the door knocking. Is there anybody in there that'll let me in? Chuck, Chuck, I listen, I could not agree with you, you you more. You know, I hear people talk about, you know, we 
We need God back into our schools. Mm. We need God back into our government. We need God back in. Hey, we need God back into our churches. Yes, sir. Somebody said, what's the hope for America? Look, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14 says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I'll I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and heal them. Listen, he didn't say if Hollywood, he didn't say if the ACLU, he didn't say if the Republican or Democratic Party, he said if my people. Yeah, and he also said we'll turn from their wicked ways. Not just seek my face and not just pray, but turn from their wicked ways. So I have a question for you then. See, on this program, we don't just, uh, shall we say, present bland biblical truth. We apply it because it's the absence of application that is frustrating, I think, the Holy Spirit to bring transformation in our lives. So if we're not applying this, if, for instance, if, if we're living lives in one way or another that's contrary to the word, the will, and the ways of the Lord— how can we, with a straight face, expect the Holy Spirit to guide us? Well, he, he's definitely not. And, and keep in mind, you just used two words. You just used two words, Chuck. Holy Spirit. <laughs> you mean the Spirit is holy? That, hello, hello. <laughs> holy, Holy Spirit, Chuck. Uh, no, so, so, so he is. He's he's not going to. It's just it's just that simple because he he is a Holy Spirit. And what I would say in, in, in reference to your precious wife, what what a beautiful song. And I've said a thousand times, Brother Chuck, the Christian life is the only battle where victory's won through complete surrender. Mm-hmm. The Christian life is the only battle where victory is won through complete surrender. All right. Now, let's let's apply this word battle now. We talk a lot about spiritual warfare. A lot of talk about spiritual warfare. But I think people don't comprehend the nature of spiritual warfare. Basically, it's the battle going on between our ears. It's it's the battlefield of the mind, certainly. Exactly. And so when we dis or disagree with all or part of what God says about our lives. In essence, we are saying, you know what? Uh, you know, I, I want to be saved. I, I want to enter heaven, but I don't much want to live according to your ways now. How in the world can I expect the Holy Spirit to guide me today and tomorrow when I'm parenting or when I'm uh, practicing law, when I'm doing the radio program or any other thing? How can I expect that? When behind the scenes, I know that I'm dissing what God has said. I totally agree. Here's, here's what I would say. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, Know you not that you are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Mm-hmm. So that is to say, that is to say, we house the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy, we, we house the Holy Spirit within these bodies. Well, when you take a house, it's made up of different rooms. Mm-hmm. And what we have to be receptive of, if we house the Holy Spirit, we have to be receptive of him coming into every room in our lives. You mean you don't Let want to just keep him in the basement? That's exactly, well, no. And he's got to come, he's got to come into the, 
the business room of my life. Mm-hmm. He's got to come into he's got to come into the relational room with my 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 wife. He, he's got to come into the the parenting room. He, he he's got to come in, in. He's got to come into every my thought room. He's got to be able to come into every room in my life, and we can't compartmentalize and say, Holy Spirit, you can come into this room, but you can't come into that room. That is not full surrender. It brings to my mind uh, the instruction of the Apostle Paul there in Second Corinthians 10, where he says, you know what? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We'll talk more about that when we get back from this break. Friends, the wonderful book, Unlimited, Experiencing the Power of the Holy Spirit in Your Life, $20 on our website, saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Very important, absolutely necessary for you and for me. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example... Under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, A letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcasts live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. Our special friend here today on Viewpoint, Benny Tate, who has never joined us on the program before, but it's so great to have you aboard, uh, Benny, as we talk about uh, an unlimited, the unlimited power of the Holy Spirit, if, if, if we will just give him full sway in our lives. One of the things that uh, people always want to know is, uh, how do I get, how do I understand the Lord's direction in my life? What's the will of God? Well, the Bible tells us that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, will lead us into all truth. Now, here's what I have experienced from that, not only from uh, growing up in the church, uh, in so many different locations across the country, but then also in 20 years of law practice, also in uh, all of these 30 years as we uh, launched Save America Ministries, Rebuilding the Foundations of Faith and Freedom, and so on. What I've discovered is that people, professing Christians, don't really want to know the truth. They only want to know what they call the truth that lines up with their preconceived notions, with their own wills. And it seems to me that one of the the greatest threshold uh, items for the true direction of the Holy Spirit is I have got to let go of all my preconceived notions, even theological notions, and listen to what the Holy Spirit says in the Word, even though it might make me uncomfortable. What say you? I totally agree. I totally agree. You know, the Bible 
The Bible relates the Holy Spirit, Brother Chuck, to the wind. We 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 don't control the wind. We you know the, the we don't control the wind. The, no, wait the, a minute, the, wait the, a minute. Our president thinks we do. Well, well, we we we, we really don't. And, <laughs> and, 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 and in the same aspect, you know, the Holy Spirit, He is a person, and I think people have to understand. I think I think people sometimes think that the Holy Spirit is a is a force. The Holy Spirit is an energy, but the Holy Spirit is a person. He is a person that that we should have a relationship with, just as you have a relationship with God, mm-hmm. just as you have a relationship with Jesus. We should have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He, he's a person. He's very sensitive. He, he can be quenched in our lives. He can be he can be grieved in our lives. The, the Bible is, is very clear concerning that. You know, I had uh, a few months ago a conversation with a very dear believer that I've known for many, many years. And this person confessed to me, much to my grief, that uh, the person had lost the joy of the Lord. Lost the joy of the Lord. I have been so grieved over that because I've known that person for so many years and have had such great uh, trust and so on. Why has that person lost the joy of the Lord? The Bible says, in fact, uh, the Apostle Paul said that the, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. So it seems exactly. to me the problem is most likely with the issue of righteousness. Let me give with, you a, let me let, let me give you a, an illustration. About fifteen years ago, I was uh, uh, driving across America's birth river, the James River. And uh, I was on my way to a pastor's prayer breakfast, uh, monthly prayer breakfast. And as I crossed the James River, I asked the Lord this simple question. Why, after all these years of praying and crying out to you for revival in our country, don't we have it? And God answered me immediately. He said, because my pastors are not preaching righteousness. So I'm thinking about that for just a few seconds. Then he says, and by the way, that's why your country's in the mess you're in. So I'm thinking about that. And he says, and that's why my church has nothing to say to your country. So I got to the meeting and uh, we were having our coffee together, you know, nice fellowship and so on. And uh, I was chatting with the pastor of one of the larger evangelical churches that had its root in the holiness movement back in the 1800s. And I was chatting with him about this little repartee that I had with the Lord. And here's what happened. He hung his head and he said, Chuck, I don't think I even know how to preach righteousness. So how is it? I I have a question for you. I mean, this is where the rubber meets the road. If we want the unlimited power of the Holy Spirit, how in the world can we expect, can even a pastor expect, that his people will walk in that power and authority when he's not even preaching righteousness and doesn't even know how? Well, first of all, you know, we've got to realize that God has called us to preach the whole counsel of God. God has called us. 
Mm. God has, has called us to preach the whole counsel of God. So he says, if, if you will not forgive others your trespasses against you, neither will your Heavenly Father forgive you. So we have to clearly and seriously present that as pastors to our people because unforgiveness may be the number one thing that's causing you not to be led by the Holy Spirit. Without a doubt, you, you study you study Ephesians chapter four, and the Bible the Bible says this in Ephesians four twenty nine. It says, "Let no corrupt communication proceed out of thy mouth, mm-hmm. but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer." And then next, verse thirty says, "It says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. whereby you're sealed unto the day." Of redemption, and then the Bible in, in Ephesians verse thirty-two says, "And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, mm-hmm. even if God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you." Just when we don't forgive people, it grieves the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? It means to deeply sadden the Holy Spirit. Mm. When you grieve, you deeply sad, the manifested work, the manifested work of the Holy Spirit in my life cannot maximize as long as I am not forgiving people. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. It, 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 it's that simple. So, in other words, for the Christian, divorce is not the deliverance word. Divorce is very much displeasing to God. Now, he doesn't prohibit it, but it's very much displeasing to God. So if we substitute forgiveness for with divorce, then we're going to have a problem with listening to the Holy Spirit. In fact, we're grieving the Holy Spirit right there by definition. So here's the deal. You live in Georgia, and I think probably some of this truth goes down a little easier with the Georgian accent than it does with my Southern California accent, even spoken okay. from from uh, the South in Virginia. But uh, still, uh, here's the deal. As a trial lawyer, 80% of my clientele came from the broader body of Christ in Southern California, 80%. They were looking for a Christian lawyer. 40% of my practice was in the area of family law, in the largest family law court in the nation, the Los Angeles Superior Court System. Seldom did I ever find a professing Christian who really was sincere about not following through with divorce. Seldom. Why? Well, because we have developed a divorce culture instead of a humbling ourselves before the Lord and forgiving one another. We just can't bring ourselves to do it. We say we have a right. Well, here's the net result of that. Right now, for the past 25 years, the divorce rate in the body of Christ has about equaled that of the nation as a whole. But in the Bible Belt of America for the past uh, about 15 years, the divorce rate has exceeded the nation as a whole by 50%. The divorce rate in the Bible Belt of America has exceeded the nation as a whole by 50%. So much so 
that the governors of six southern states declared a marital emergency. The pastors didn't, but the governors did. How does that affect, my dear Georgian pastor, the welcoming of the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ, even in the Bible Belt of America? Well, Chuck, here's what I would say. Somebody, the only reason our government's out of order, look here, is because our homes are out of order. It mm-hmm. goes back. And it's so That's true. I'm so, glad, I'm so glad you brought this up. We go to Ephesians 5.18, and it says, Be not drunk with wine, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Do, you think it's, do you think it's coincidental, Chuck, that Ephesians 5.18 says that? Then Ephesians 5.21 says, it talks about a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Submitting yourself one to another in the fear of God. Then Ephesians five eight five twenty two says, "Wives submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord." And Ephesians five twenty five says, "Husbands love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church." The things that God is commanding us to do there, we can't do within ourselves. Mm. We can only do that through the power and the filling of the Holy Spirit. Which means we have to empty ourselves of our own selfishness. And isn't it interesting that in this day and age, we have moved from the me generation to the me, me, me generation, and now we're called the selfie generation. Well, Chuck, I want to tell you something. There's a 100% success rate in marriage when it's done God's way. 100% success rate in marriage when it's done God's way. All right. But, yes. You're speaking the truth in love, my friend, but you're speaking the truth, and uh, I appreciate it so much. It's not the truth that we necessarily think we want to hear because it goes against our flesh. And that brings us back to that passage that the Apostle Paul gave us in 2 Corinthians 10, that the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly or carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down all of our reasonings and thoughts and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge or will of God, bringing every one of our thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Then the Holy Spirit has sway. We'll be right back, friends. Stay tuned. This is a few points. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by His Spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, Behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Benny Tate joining us here today on Viewpoint with his book, Unlimited, Experiencing the Fullness and Power of God's 
Holy Spirit in our lives. It's yours, by the way, for $20. It's on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Now, You'll notice that uh, uh, Benny speaks in Georgian, and I think he's, he kind of writes in Georgian, too. So I'm wondering, Benny, if I were to speak in Georgian, maybe it would make the medicine go down a little easier. What do you think? Well, may, maybe it would, Chuck. Here's what I say. I want to say what I mean. I want to mean what I say, but I don't want to say it mean. I like that. That that is so nicely. And most people say, Chuck, you you say straight truth here, but it's obvious you speak the truth in love, and I receive that. So that that's good. That is well spoken. Say that again, will you? Well, I want to say what I mean. I want to mean what I say, but I don't want to say it mean. All right, all right. So that brings us then to this phrase out of your book: disobedience is a reason that many Christians don't hear from the Holy Spirit. Why should he, that is, Holy Spirit, continue speaking when he knows you're not going to accept his direction or instruction? That's pretty powerful. And it's not meanly well, spoken. It's just reality, isn't it? That's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. He wants to lead us. He will lead us. He will direct us. But we have a, we, we have a choice of whether or not we're going to be guided by the Holy Spirit or we're going to be guided by the flesh and the desires of the flesh. So uh, uh, certainly, certainly we do have a choice. That's, that's how God made us. I want to share something here. Uh, you say we may never fully know the impact of our obedience on our lives and the lives of others. In the same regard, we may never know the impact of our disobedience. It was about uh, maybe 20 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, uh, someone in our congregation uh, who had had a child out of wedlock was going to marry the divorced man who, uh, whose spouse was still living, was going to marry her, him. And we got all excited, and my wife and, uh, was, was going to help set up the whole marriage situation and so on. And we were in a desperate situation financially because a Christian brother had embezzled uh, a massive amount of money from us personally that put in jeopardy our ministry and everything we were doing. So this gentleman came alongside and said he was going to give my wife $2,000 to assist in uh, being the one to arrange this wedding. So my wife received the money, but she didn't spend it. Then the Holy Spirit began to speak to us through another individual, saying, how can you do that? We even had an adopted Bolivian girl, well, sort of adopted. She lived in our home. How can you do that? So we dealt with it very painfully before the Lord. In fact, our whole family did. and We shed tears over it and decided we could not go through with that. So my wife went to the man and spoke with him kindly and said, look, 
here's the situation. We have determined that it would not be in God's will for us to do this. And here's the reason. She gave him back the $2,000, and here's what the man said. Are you ready for this? He said, I wondered how you could do that. I wondered how you could handle this marriage. He had better understanding than, than the church as to what God's will had to say about it. Better understanding than the church. I think we have been caught up so much that we're, we're just not listening. We're not heeding the word of God. Jesus said, take heed what you hear and how you hear and make sure you do hear. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. I'm not sure we have an ear to hear. How in the world, then, can we receive the direction and wisdom of the Holy Spirit when we really don't want it? Hey, it's, it, that, that's exactly right. I think you have to reach the point, Chuck, that we, we realize that God wants what's best for us. And the Holy Spirit is always going to lead us in what's best for us. I challenge our listeners. Will he ever lead us contrary to the express word of God? He will never lead you contrary to the express word of God. Here's what I would say to our listeners, too. You know, a young lady's trying to decide where she's going to go to college. Mm -hmm. He said, well, you tell her to read the Bible. Well, the Bible is not (laughs) going to speak. The Bible is not going to say go to Liberty University and not and not go to Columbia International University. It's not going to say don't go to Columbia International, go to Liberty, or, or go to Columbia International. Don't well, it might say don't go to Columbia University up there in New York. Yes, well, it might say that. I'm talking about Columbia International University, <laughs> Columbia, South Carolina. But, but let me say, that's why you need the Holy Spirit. That's why you need the Holy Spirit to speak to you and show you and direct you. And, you know, I love studying, I love studying preachers of, of days gone by. You mm-hmm. know, many, many of my heroes are, are, are already past. And I just went to Northfield, Massachusetts, and I studied D.L. Moody. I spent several uh-huh. days studying Moody. And Moody would say this. Uh, many times he would say, God, fill me with your spirit. God, fill me with your spirit. God, fill me with your spirit. And some ladies asked him, they said, well, come on, uh, D.L., you're the most successful preacher of our day. Why would you say, God, fill me with your spirit? And he said these words. He said, because I leak. I L E A K. I leak. Chuck, let me tell you what I know about Chuck and I, what I know about Benny. We leak. Yeah. Let me tell you what I know about our listeners. They leak because we're in the world with the world flesh and the devil, mm. and that's why we, on a regular basis, need to be emptying of ourselves, saying, God, to the best of my ability today, I empty myself of me. I empty myself of me, and I ask you to fill me mm. with your Holy Spirit. Well, fill me with your Holy Spirit. You know, uh, I, I think the apostles didn't really have a clue what Jesus meant when he says, Terry in Jerusalem, don't try to do any work for my kingdom. Don't try to preach. Don't try to do anything 
until you're endued with power and authority from on high. So they're waiting around in the upper room. They're praying. They're also very fearful of the Romans and the Jewish leaders and so on. But, but there they are. And then the Holy Spirit comes upon them or enters upon them through a kind of wind, but also cloven tongues as a fire. It wasn't actually fire. It was cloven tongues as a fire, like Moses experienced in the wilderness with the burning bush. The bush didn't burn. It was fire as a fire. So then all of a sudden they come pouring out of this upper room. These people who are terrified with fear come pouring out and the people begin to see that something dramatic happened. Well, Peter, who had denied Jesus three times because of his fear, now becomes the preacher. Something has happened to him. And we get a clue when we find that Peter and John had been taken prisoner by the religious leaders of the day that didn't want to hear any of this. And they ordered him not to speak in the word, in the, in the name of Jesus. So they come out from there and they pray among the other disciples. And here's what they pray. Lord, grant that your servants may with holy boldness speak your word, that signs and wonders may be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. Holy boldness. I think there are a lot of people that would like to think that they could have that holy boldness. But they don't. And they don't know how to get there. I think there are a lot of pastors that are substituting a lot of gimmickry for holy boldness. A lot of church growth movement stuff for holy boldness. The whole seeker-sensitive movement for holy boldness. We're trying to do it in the flesh. And the flesh is yielding corruption. We need holy boldness, don't we? Unequivocally. And I would say to every pastor listening to me today, somebody said we have to design our services to attract people. No, no, no. You have to design your services to attract the Holy Spirit. Mm, and, mm, mm. and when our services attract the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, people will want to come. But, Chuck, not only will they want to come, but they will want to stay. You, you, you remember that? You remember that? Uh, Paul and Silas were in jail, and God sent an earthquake. And right. you know, the, uh, try to make a long story short, the the the, the jailer pulled out the sword and was going to kill himself. Right. Paul and Paul and Silas basically looked at him and said, uh, "Hey, do yourself no harm. We're all here. All the prisoners. We're here. See, the 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 Holy Spirit of God not only brings people." But when they get there, they want to stay. <laughs> because, <laughs> that, that's because, a cute application. <laughs> Chuck, nothing, nothing, all the gimmicks, all the technology, all the advancement, all the smoke, all the mirrors mm-hmm. will never replace the Holy Spirit in our services. Absolutely. So, you know, unfortunately, we have substituted marketing for the master. And uh, marketing has replaced the master and turned the master into little more than a mascot. So his Holy Spirit then just doesn't have place. 
All we need is more marketing. It bothers me. It troubles me. And my first book, by by the way, uh, I'm not working on my 11th book right now, but my first book, actually a publisher, a Christian publisher came to me who was the head and founder of one of the largest publishing companies, Christian publishing companies, and he said this. He said, Chuck, I have left my own publishing company because I can no longer publish the truth the way it needs to be published. Will you allow me to publish your book? That was 20 years ago. I tell you, we're, we're engaged in a kind of spiritual warfare, my brother, that only the Holy Spirit can give us uh, victory over. And if there's ever a time that we need victory, it's now. Don't you think so? I totally agree. I totally agree. And that's, that's the passion for the book, because I believe that the Holy Spirit is the answer. And uh, we need a win from elsewhere. We, we, we need a win from elsewhere. It's and uh, that's what our book's about. It's a very practical book, Chuck. And yes, it is. I believe it will help people. Well, not only that, but, uh, you know, even for parents and grandparents, we need, I mean, if you had heard the conversations in our own home just in the last 24 hours, you would know how much we need the authority and the power of the leading of the Holy Spirit. Not because my wife and I are having problems. That wasn't the issue. Once a parent, always a parent, right? Unequivocally. (laughs) And God looks at us as a parent and he says, hey, what's up with you guys? I sent you my spirit. Why are you straight arming me? (laughs) Can you hear God saying that, Penny? Certainly. Certainly I can. Certainly I can. Well, brother, thank you so much for joining us here on Viewpoint today. Viewpoint does determine destiny. It always determines destiny. I'm so glad that uh, God, after uh, 33 years of ministry in your heart, actually presented the Holy Spirit to use uh, in 2016 so that you would come up with this book, Unlimited, Experiencing the Power of the of the Holy Spirit in Our Lives. Friends, get a copy of it, $20 on our website, saveus.org. Write to us at Save America Ministries and uh, give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Become a partner, friends. Let's partner with Lord. You see, the Holy Spirit is in that as well. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 